boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka laka boom boom shakalaka boom boom everyone good to see you here live it's tuesday it's tuesday oh my goodness so glad to have all of you here with me welcome to the jb font channel i'm your host as always james fontleroy so good to see you the JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, and Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can find me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1, on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4, and the Sabi and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Thank you to everyone who is a Patreon or patron on Patreon or Coffee, as well as all the members and Anyone who gives me any type of mutual way via various platforms. Also, if you are new or do you like what you're watching so far, please make sure to get that gorgeous appendage that you call a thumb, a finger, or whatever you use. And please make sure to click that thumbs up button. I will give you forehead kisses if you do. I, I will. I will. I will. So, good to see all of you here today. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful show. I was supposed to have on Awkward, um, the activist and rapper, on today, but he had to postpone. He had an emergency they had to take care of. So we will be. He will be back on Tuesday, December. Sorry, Tuesday, January tenth. So we will be back and at it again uh, for give it the old college try on Tuesday. The 10th. So be prepared for that. Uh, I just also have some stories to cover with you guys today as well. Some things that came across my view that I actually want to cover and one that just slapped me in the face. A take that I was just like, you didn't vomit in your mouth a little bit when you said that. So I'm going to go over that. So that's going to be kind of fun. And so, yeah, it's nice, it's brisk and cool outside, and hopefully you guys are all staying warm. But as per usual, let's say hello to everyone. Family, let's get together. Every woman, every man, join the caravan of love, stand up. Stand up, stand up, starting with Bling Girl. This should be fun, JB. Yes, that's exactly what it's all about. All about having fun. Good to see you. CBC voter is in the his house, coming in, saying happy Tuesday, JB. John Chaos saying hi, all. John up in here with the joke says, I'm in the Southwest. Only fire here is the wood stove and when I light a bowl. I hope you light a bowl. You know, for this one, because it's going to be good. David's in the chat saying Matt Stoller sucks. <laughs> oh, damn. Y'all coming in hot. Woo. 
Spicy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Swearing Fairies also in the chat saying, hey, besties. Hello, besties. So good to see you. Uncle Warren's in the chat saying, JB, hola, amigo. Hola, como estas? <laughs> good to see you. All right. Terry Connolly is also up in the chat saying, good afternoon, fam. The Jan Mom says, what's good, fam? So good to see you also in here, the Jam Mom. All right, Hobo Rody says, giving a smiley with a cat face. That is good. Good to see you. All right. Also, Creative Experiments says, Florida is cold. Wait, what's the temperature? Hang on. Uh, 62. It's not cold. It's like the temperature I would actually keep it in my house if I could. Although some people are like, it's too cold. Anyway, so yeah, I would keep it at around 65 for my house. Yeah. And then if I got cold, just put on a sweater. See, that's it. All right. You know, John, I was trying to keep this stream PG professional. And you know some of the things that to say in order to get. You're like smoking a cigarette at a gasoline station. You know I'm about to blow up. I'm not. I'm not saying it out. I'm not saying it out loud. John, you behave yourself this stream. Somehow you maintain your thick jersey, but my sister has not. John Chaos coming up in here, causing chaos. Anyway, so good to see all of you. Let me check to see if anybody's on Rockfin yet saying hello. Not yet. All right, let's get into it. So, Matt Stoller. I don't follow him that much. I do know that he was. I see a swearing fairy. Don't encourage him. But I did notice that he was on quite a bit on Rising when Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty were the hosts of Rising. He was on quite a bit. And no doubt he's making various appearances on breaking points. As far as their takes are concerned, they typically are populist. They consider themselves populist right and populist left. But still within the confines of the duopoly, still within the confines of the Democratic Party, because I think if I'm correct, Crystal Ball has made reservations about going outside the Democratic Party because she doesn't feel that it is a viable option. So she's more of a what we call a Democratic Party reformist. As far as Sagar and Jetty's concern, 
I see him as a neocon. I see him as someone who is pro-imperialism. I mean, he said it so far as much in an interview. And he also has been shown that on any news network when they were doing an investigative study and behind Matt Stoller, um, as well as Marshall Kosloff. By the way, they are backed by the Hudson Institute, I think it's the Hudson Institute, which is also backed by, is it Raytheon? I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but basically <laughs> he's being paid by warmongers. That being said, makes me wonder why Crystal Ball would ever sit down with him if she's supposed to be populist left because we hate war and we hate imperialism. But that goes beyond saying, but Matt Solar is involved with that circle of people. I'll just put it that way. And Matt Stoller had a take, and if I were him, I would have deleted it by now. But from what I look, it's still up, so I'm going to share my screen. So we're going to take a look at this. Save your laughter until the end. Because my thing is, is like, you can say a lot of different things, but you're showing, you're showing pro-state bias here. So here's what Matt Stoller said. He starts off with, politicians are public servants and we should respect them. First of all, first of all. You got to give respect to get it. You got to give respect to get it. And my perspective is, if you're not willing to listen to your constituents, and by constituents, I'm not talking about the people who give you the most money. I'm talking about regular citizens. If you're not willing to give us any respect, by listening to us, then therefore you deserve no respect. Also, when do I give respect to people who constantly fund wars, constantly fund our military budget, constantly fund things like the proxy war in Ukraine, constantly fund the Iron Dome in Israel, and are contributing to the genocide of various different disenfranchised people all over the world. And you say they demand respect. You're talking about the people who are, who have no qualms with us being in seven wars. Well, no, I think it's six wars now. Because Biden got us out of Afghanistan. By the way, private military is still being in Afghanistan. That's I I say six 
I should say six air quotes, because really it's seven. And then on top of the, the sanctions that are in place that are causing starvation and suffering in many countries all over the world. So do I feel there's a modicum of respect that is owed to politicians? Not really. No. No. Like I said, you have to give respect to, to get it. Now, there are some people who are politicians who are doing the, the good work that give respect, like Ashama Sawant. Like, I respect her. Oh, yeah, I respect her, right? Some of the ones that are running our state and city governments that are independent, that are trying to alleviate the suffering of people, yeah, I can respect them. But these politicians know, especially the president of the United States. He deserves all the smoke. He deserves all the ire from every single one of us. So to say that he deserves respect, he has not reciprocated that at all to any of us. Let's continue. It gets worse. Wait for it. Wait for it. Anyone who doesn't respect politicians in a democracy is either trying to rob you or is asking to be robbed. What are you, what? I thought I knew how I was going to attack this, but for some reason, it, oh, the amount of absurdity is, it, the thing is, is how can you respect people who don't even want to fight for you? How can you respect that? That's my question. Matt, dude, for real? Are you real? And he said something else earlier about Joe Biden, which I need to hang on. Hold up. Let me get to this. Because he said something about Joe Biden, and I'm like, yeah, no. No, bro. This is... Here it is. Y'all go ahead and read that. He says, Joe Biden is by far the best president of my lifetime, and it's not close. 
According to whom, Matt? According to whom? You see, this is the issue that when it comes to a lot of people who are in the more professional spaces, like we typically like to call the PMCs, the professional managerial class, these are the people who earn a little bit more in income. They're not rich, but they got some comforts, right? And so when it comes to takes like this, this is a perfect example of a lack of urgency that is within people for systemic change, for systematic change. Somebody like Matt Stoller is not feeling the weight of the policies on himself like I am. Or somebody that who else may be in the same socioeconomic status as myself. So because of that, for him it's, well, this is the best we got. This is the best we can have. I mean, what more do you guys want? How about housing, adequate education, health care, no wars, and we rebuild the planet the way it's supposed to be? How about that? Is that too much to ask? See, here's the thing. We're not asking for the world. We're actually asking to survive. And it's like, wait a minute, bro. Wait a minute, dude. You're <laughs> the amount, the amount of delusion. Because I honestly do think this is delusion. Either that or this guy just doesn't. He just doesn't see what we see. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys actually see think he sees what we see? Because I, I honestly don't. Because here's what I see. Donald Trump is just Joe Biden in orange face. Let's go down the list. Uses racism to further his career. Exactly. Voted for the wars in the Middle East. They both did that. It supported the wars in the Middle East. Voted with segregationists. Supported segregationists. Voted with credit card companies. Supports credit card companies. Voted for the Patriarch. Supported the Patriarch. Voted for anti-union policies. Supported anti-union policies. Crafted the crime bill. Supported the crime bill. Voted with the drug war. Supported the drug war. Pushed tough on crime policies. Push tough on crime policies. Doesn't support Medicare for all. Doesn't support Medicare for all. Doesn't support medical marijuana. Doesn't support medical marijuana. Takes millions from special interests. They both do. Deported thousands. They both have. In fact, Joe Biden has arguably deported more than Donald Trump. Which is also part of the conversation we'll be having in a little bit. 
doesn't support net neutrality either. They both lie about their records. They both refuse to apologize to the women they sexually assaulted. It's polite in front of cameras and it's crass behind cameras and it's crass in front of the cameras and crass behind the cameras. Best president of our lifetime, huh? How old is Matt Stoller? Is he my age? I'm almost, well, <laughs> damn near 40. Hmm. Interesting. Now, let me. Best president of our lifetime, huh? Best president of our lifetime. Let's 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 uh let's go. Hmm. Okay. Let's take a look. Joe Biden advocated for social security cuts for 40 years. The only candidate who's still open to social security cuts. This is also still true. He lies, but it's also still true. Support cutting Medicare, Medicaid, veterans benefits, and raising the retirement age. In fact, he actually said it on camera on the floor of the Senate. Supported the Klein Miller Pension Act, that bill that cuts union pensions. So much for those real the world the provisions for the rail workers. He's had a history of being anti-union. His health care plan will leave tens of millions uninsured and underinsured. Guess what? He didn't put in a health care plan. He was supposed to do a public option. He was supposed to do one, but he didn't. What happened to that? What happened to the public option, Joe? Matt, where is it? Of course, he supports and has approved fracking, oil and gas uh, exploration, and building new fossil fuel infrastructure. We still don't have paid family and medical leave. Says despite pledge, Biden halls and donations from lobbyists, including fossil fuel healthcare and industry lobbyists. Better? He has a lot of billionaire donors from according to this. Health fundraisers with union busting lawyer Stephen Cozen. Crossed multiple picket lines, including with the University of California workers in May of 2019. Took $200,000 in speaking fees to help elect Republican candidate Fred Umpton. Greatest president of our lifetime. Would consider a Republican running mate. Well, he got a cop instead. Wrote the 1994 crime bill and still defends it. 1994 crime bill. An increased mass incarceration. 
in a large way in this country. And has been the bane of our existence, especially as black people. Didn't just compromise with segregationists, but he fought for their cause in schools. In fact, this is what Kamala Harris attacked him for on the campaign trail when she was running during the Democratic primaries. Repeatedly lied about being arrested in apartheid South Africa. Remember, he's a politician. He's a liar. Flip-flops on his long-held support for death penalty, and now that he's running for president. Won't commit to reducing prison population? Well, of course not. He wrote the crime bill. Voted for the Telecommunications Act of 1996, deregulating the media industry. One of the reasons why we have so many media companies now that are consolidated under monopolies or duopolies it's because of people like Joe Biden voting for the Telecommunications Act in 1996. This is why people like Rupert Murdoch were able to consolidate all that power and build up Fox News. Yeah. Interesting, right? Voter repeal Glass-Steagall leading to the financial crisis. Yeah, remember what happened in 2008? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can blame him for part of it, for part of that. Voted for the Iraq War. Voted for the Patriot Act. Voted for bills to make it harder for Americans to reduce their student debt. Well, let's go back to the Patriot Act. He's one of the peep reasons why that the NSA was spying on us. That was uncovered by Edward Snowden. Joe Biden. Yeah. Voted for bills to make it harder for Americans to reduce their student debt. Guess what? In fact, you cannot declare bankruptcy for student loan debt because of Joe Biden. Voted against expanding child care tax credit. Voted in favor of a 700-mile-long border fence with Mexico. Basically, he also wanted to build a wall. In fact, he's continuing the building of the border wall even though Trump's no longer in office. That's Joe Biden for you. Voted for NAFTA. This decimated the Rust Belt in the Midwest. Voted for the Defense of Marriage Act. People can say, oh, well, he, he evolved on that for political expediency. Don't think he actually believes in giving marriage equality to people like myself. No, 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 baby. No, 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 no. It's called political points. That's what it is. Voted to let states overturn Roe v. Wade. Supports the Hyde Amendment. Such a great president, right? Best president we ever had. Work to undermine the Affordable Care Act's coverage of contraception. Push for the job-killing China trade bill. Back the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP. Opposes cannabis legalization. Supported extending Bush tax cuts for the 1%. Also supported. He hasn't, well, he hasn't repealed the Trump tax cuts, by the way. 
promoted the war on drugs, which supercharged the opioid crisis. Self-described Zionist supports Israel's right-wing regime and 100% rating from IPAC. So all the attacks that's going against the Palestinian people in Gaza, yeah, he supports it. Plagiarized campaign speeches, which ended his 1988 presidential run. Yeah. He's also a plagiarizer. Has no empathy for millennials. Give me a break. Yeah. America needs a Republican Party. Nothing will fundamentally change. That's what Biden said. In 2019, he also said, I'm not sorry for anything I've ever done. By the way, this is also the man that was accused of sexually assaulting Tara Reid back in 1993. And numerous, numerous documented instances of him inappropriately touching women and girls. Hell, there's a picture of him touching Zelensky's ass. Best president of our lifetime. Is that right? Hmm? Best president of our lifetime? Oh, Matt, 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 Matt. Let's go back. Hang on. It gets worse. Sorry. He said Obama was truly a horrific leader. Joe Biden is not bad. <laughs> Can somebody please remind Matt Stoller who Barack Obama's vice president was? Matt Stoller continues, one of Joe Biden's strengths is that there's no cult of personality around him. Wait, 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 The guy that's sniffing Joe Biden's ass right now is saying there's no cult of personality around Joe Biden. Really? All right. He said, no one thinks he's the savior. That's for damn sure. He makes mistakes, big ones sometimes, but also does good things. His dog bites people. He's a weird old man with mostly reasonable priorities. Somebody, so, somebody call Tara Reed. So, somebody call Tara. Somebody call Miss Tara Reed right quick. Somebody, please. Somebody. Really? <laughs> 
This is this is so rich. Oh my gosh, this guy says Trump started the shift of moving production out of China and Biden has continued it. That's a really good thing. Investment bankers and deal lawyers accustomed to regulatory hurdles that their mergers face and unprecedented challenges under U.S. President Joe Biden. Antitrust watchdogs who are undaunted when they lose such battles in court. Like King Dubs 09 says, were you born yesterday? I don't know, maybe. Does Matt Stoller talk to people like myself or anybody at RBN? Does he does he talk to us at all? Does he talk to anybody who is still continuing to suffer under the Biden regime's policies? The Biden regime is basically the Trump regime, but just more lost. And by lost, I mean Biden doesn't know where the fuck he's going. Like, I'm really trying to mold in my head, like, how in the world is this take somehow, like, how do you justify this take with some of the things that I've already stated just earlier, how that I shown you just earlier. I mean, there's so many things about Joe Biden that makes him horrible. And here's the thing. Joe Biden is just as horrible as Donald Trump. Donald Trump is just as horrible as Barack Obama. Barack Obama is just as horrible as George W. Bush. George W. Bush is just as horrible as Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is just as horrible as George H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush just as horrible as Ronald Reagan. And to sit here and, and think, well, he's good. It's like, is, is that your... Is that your floor? I mean, is, is that your measuring stick, dude? I actually responded because a, a lot of people are clapping back at this take. I'm not the only one. There's a lot, a lot of people. I'm going through the quotes right now, but there's a lot of people. I was one of them. Savvy was one too as well. Oh, yeah, let me go here. Let me see. 
let me go to Savvy's quick quote right here. Because Savvy's based. Shout out to Savvy if she's watching. I don't think she is, though. Savvy says, wrong. Respect is earned. None of them in D.C. have earned my respect. They respect corporations, not us. This sounds like the same rhetoric one would hear on Morning Joe. Absolutely. I mean, she is absolutely correct. And why should anyone respect that? I said that's a pretty low bar. Not sure if I'd say anything. I'm sorry. Not sure if I'd say this about racist war criminals and a man accused of rape. Like, that's, like, why? So you're going to be a stenographer for the duopoly? You're going to be a stenographer for someone like Joe Biden? Or, for, okay, for to me, it feels like, and I'm going to get off of this in a second, but it feels like, There's a part that is still asleep, right? There's a part of him that's asleep that doesn't see the suffering of people because it's a guy with a D next to his name. That's what it feels like. But that's the take that Matt Stoller gave. Oh, Lord. Good to see her. She's black. I thought Matt Stoller was ultimate too. <laughs> oh, oh man, she's black. Matt is a joke. Wow. Hey, Rick Solis, good to see you. Derek says, side note, best president of your lifetime is a pretty low bar. Just saying. Right? Absolutely. Like, what? Bling girl, good to see you as well in the chat. Upstate writer, yeah, uh, professional managerial class, basically. Ah, oh, damn, creative experiments. Matt Stiller and Brian Grimm must be having brunch all the time together. Oh, man. That stinks. Oh, man. You guys are brutal. <laughs> Oh, man. Rick Soli says he really is anti-China. That explains it. Like xenophobe level. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Very deeply. Well, I mean, he's in good company with breaking points because they are the same way. The, ooh, them and their audience are extremely anti-China. Look, I put it to you this way. Some people who are on the right are looking at, um, they're looking at Ukraine and going, man, we shouldn't be having this war in Ukraine, blah, blah, blah. But if it was a proxy war with China, oh, they'd be in full support. They'd be in full support. And that's the type of audience that I, that from what it seems that Matt Stoller breaking points with you know crystal ball and saga and jetty they seem to entertain 
these types of thought. It's really interesting. Robeson says, if you aren't 43 or older, you have no reason to even ask this question of yourself. That's the thing. I'm under 40. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Upstate says, we just watched this president impose forced labor. John Chaos adds on to it. Forced labor, arming Nazis, more kids in cages than Trump, more deportations, more oil permits. This is why... Dim and crappy people love Biden. <laughs> but it's true. John tells no lies. I mean, I'm a socialist, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with communists. And I may end up, I think I'm moving further to the left as we speak. But Good to see good cookies. Creative experiment says there is no cult, says the cult. <laughs> oh, man. Like, this is. Oh, Chet's mom says Matt Stoller was a big Warren fan. He is unoriginal Neil Lib who thinks he's special. Damn. Oh my gosh. Hey, Steven, good to see you. This is quite a bit. <laughs> Matt Stoller must not have student law. <laughs> yeah. Be kind to your overlords, y'all. You know what? By the way, Stephen, you actually bring up a good point. Like we have said before many times, civility politics is the tool of the oppressor. By that being said, Matt Stoller saying that we should respect politicians when they are adding to our suffering. You're literally being a tool of the oppressor right now. Because here's the thing. Matt, I want to ask you a question. Why aren't you saying this to the politicians why? Let's just switch it, flip it. People are the people you serve, and we should respect them. Why aren't you saying that to politicians? Why is it that the respect, the... Why is the basis... Not the basis. 
why is it incumbent upon us to respect the politicians when it should be the other way around? Why is that put on us? Tell that to the people, the thousands of people who are homeless that are sleeping out on the streets. That only because it reached freezing temperatures, they were put into a shelter. But outside of that, no, nah, they you go back outside. Or the other homeless people that are sleeping on couches right now. Let's tell that tell that to them. Let's tell that to the people who are still making minimum wage. In fact, the fact that our minimum wage, our federal minimum wage has not been raised in about 12 years. It's still at seven twenty-five an hour. Let's tell that to the people who don't have health care. Let's tell that to them that we should respect our politicians. Let's tell that to the people who constantly have to look over their shoulder because they're afraid whenever they see a police officer. Let's tell that to, let's, let's respect the people who increase the police budget. Let, 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 let's show them some respect. See, this is the reason why we say politics, I'm sorry, civility politics is the tool of the oppressor. Because it's this, don't be so mean, don't be so, no, quit, slow, simmer down. Yes, they're constantly slapping you in the face, but you gotta respect them, right? Yes, they're they're constantly stepping on your toes. Yes, they're you're, you're in a burning building and they're just taking out a little squirt gun to put out the fire, but you gotta respect them, right? At least they're squirting the gun. At least they're getting little spritz of water on the fire. Matt Stoller, everybody. That's your take, bro. AG says, if your last name ain't so want, you get no respect. Damn right. Damn right. Reality Revolution, thank you so very much. Reality Revolution is also a JB member. Say, Merry Christmas. I think my son has a house. Congratulations to your son. Thank you so much. Appreciate it very much. <laughs> also, JM is also a JB member. Thank you for the super sticker. Appreciate it very, very much. Steven says, public servants of the oligarchy, they can try to glorify themselves all they want, but we ain't buying it. Chet's mom says, they are not public servants. They serve the corporate corporatism and oligarchs. How does Stoller not get that very obvious point? Did I spell his name wrong? I probably did. I'll change it later.
Bill Bradley. Bill, good to see you. They showed a lot of respect to the railroad workers. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. So this right here. Oh, hang on. Let me put it back up. Just so I can, just for emphasis sake, you know. So this right here is propaganda. It's basically saying that you have to be nice to them, even though they haven't been nice to us. I say bump that. No, 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 no. Protest them at their town halls. Protest in front of their houses if you need to. Make loud noises. Let them know who you are. And that the fact that you demand respect because you're not getting it. That's what needs to happen. They're not demanding the respect. Well, guess what? They're not they're not getting respect. They're not getting no respect from us until they give it. I'll talk to on this long enough, but yeah. This this is just ridiculous. This take was just ass. It was ass. This take was ass. It was just pure ass. The so stinky poo. That's what this take was. And and and, it, and you know the problem with it? It just comes off just ugh. It just comes off bootlicky. Gosh. Ugh. Anyway. Thanks, Laura, for the tip on Rothman. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, Laura says. Go, JB. Thank you. All right. Let's cleanse our palate. Let's go to the next story. To the next story. <laughs> Jeez Louise, I got to tell you the timing. All right, so Southwest Airlines. Colin, don't ask, bro. Don't, the, the, don't ask. It's, it's food. That's embarrassing. Anyway, so Southwest Airlines. So how many of you have ever been on a can but were scheduled for a flight, but it's but it was canceled? I have never been. I don't know what it's like because I don't fly that much because I'm poor. I just don't because I don't get to travel because but I'm 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 broke, I'm poor. So how many 
that thing's annoying me. It's in my shot. Dang it! We're saving it for the blooper reel. We're saving it for the blooper reel. Anyway. Hi. So those of you who... <laughs> so those of you who have been on a cancel flight, what was your experience? Because I'm curious. Because I've never been on a cancel flight. And I imagine that is hell. Like, real talk. Um, because there was a lot of cancel flights. And there was more cancel flights. From Southwest than any other airline. So this is out of the Associated Press. Let me increase that. So Southwest under scrutiny after wave of storm cancellations, right? Says major U.S. airlines were broadsided by the massive weekend winter storm. Oh, geez. Y'all know this happens every single year. Broadsided? Oh, geez, Louise, come on. That swept across large swaths of the country, but had largely recovered by Tuesday, except for one. Problems at Southwest Airlines appeared to snowball after the worst of the storm passed. It canceled more than 70% of its flights on Monday, more than 60% on Tuesday, and warned that it would operate just over a third of its usual schedule in the days ahead to allow crews to get back to where they need to be. American, United, Delta, and JetBlue suffered cancellation rates between none and 2% by Tuesday. The disparity has triggered a closer look at Southwest operations by the U.S. Department of Transportation, which called the rate of cancellations, quote, disproportionate and unacceptable, end quote and sought to ensure that the Dallas carrier was sticking by its obligations to stranded customers. The size and severity of the storm created havoc for airlines. Airports were overwhelmed by intense snowfall and drifts. Airlines canceled as many as 20% of their flights Saturday and Sunday, and Buffalo-Niagara International Airport closed. Close to the episode of the storm remains closed Tuesday. It has become clear that Southwest is suffering a disproportionate disruption of the approximately 2,950 flight cancellations in the U.S. by midday Tuesday. 2,549 were called off by Southwest. This is wild, people. San Diego, Phoenix. 
The flight from Phoenix got delayed by seven hours. Then they canceled my flight from Phoenix to Houston. So I'm here stuck at the airport. They were supposed to get my luggage back. I've been looking since last night. Luggage is nowhere to be found and uh, just stuck here. Nearly two thirds of Southwest Airlines flights were delayed or canceled Monday due to storms across the US according to the airline. Across the country, thousands of people have been stranded, been rebooked, or to find their luggage in piles between carousels. So I came to the airport and I didn't even get a notification out was my flight was canceled. I was trying to check my bag and then that's when the um, notification came up that my flight was canceled. And they said, no one's getting on a flight, a Southwest flight for four days. And they said, we can't help you go home. Everything's been canceled and we're not very happy. They said they could get us out tomorrow night at 10. That's not good. Well, we're going to sleep on the floor, I guess. As the storm continued to sweep across the country, um, it continued to impact many of our larger stations. And so the cancellations just compiled one after another to 100, to 150, to 1,000. You know, at this point, we're working to accommodate our customers as best we can and offer the most options that we can to get folks back home uh, or to their vacation spots or holiday uh, celebration spot at this point. So there's a point that I wanted to touch on. Okay. This is the point I want to touch on. It says the president of the union representing Southwest pilots blamed the lack of crews to fly on planes on scheduling software written in the 1990s and on management that he said failed to fix things after previous meltdowns, including major disruption in October 2021. So this software was made in the 1990s. And. They didn't bother to fix anything. How much did Southwest make last year? Hang on. Okay. I got it. Southwest annual gross profit. Let's take a look, see. In 2019, this is before the pandemic, $7,202,000,000 in gross profit. Over $7 billion. Interesting. And how much does the CEO make? So let's go to that. This is out of the Dallas Morning News. 
Southwest Airlines new CEO Bob Jordan gets pay raise, increased bonus potential. So Southwest Airlines outlined a compensation plan for new CEO Bob Jordan that gave him about $9 million in salary, bonus potential, and restricted stock grants, according to regulatory filings Monday. Jordan, who took over for retiring CEO Gary Kelly on February 1st, got a base salary pay increase of just $185,000 to $700,000. And more than doubled his short-term bonus targeted to $1.4 million for 2022. So Southwest said the company's board of directors and its compensation committee have not previously determined Jordan's salary and compensation. Along with salary and bonus potential increase, the board gave him stock awards and performance goals worth $5.9 million that he can completely cash out in three years. Stock incentives and bonuses are common for new CEOs as the new board tries to create a compensation program that will award executives for hitting both short-term and long-term financial goals. Stock awards encourage executives to focus on keeping stock prices up, while the other airline incentives focus on metrics such as revenue and customer ratings. His previous role as executive vice president of corporate service, Jordan remade about $3.2 million in total compensation in 2020, most recent data available according to his investor filings. So, $9 million in compensation. $9 million in compensation, that's... I took the liberty of going... uh, Is it Indeed? Yes. I took the liberty of going to Indeed. And looking at their customer service salary, starting salary, their average starting salary, Let's take a comparison because we want to look at it from a worker's perspective. So $22.41 per hour, right? $22.41. So if we took the compensation that this guy is getting, so not about $9 million in total compensation, right? But about 52 weeks in a year, and then divide that by 40. So this guy is making, compensation-wise, $4,326.92 per hour, compared to twenty-two forty-one. You want to talk about wealth disparity? This guy is manning the ship. And they failed their customers like crazy. They not only just failed their customers, but they also failed their employees. Because now their employees have to suffer through this. And there have been people coming on Twitter saying, yeah, some of the people at customer service, 
they were doing double and triple shifts because of all this because they they had to stick around and they had to be there and then on top of that everybody's luggage on canceled flights just got put in a pile you go and rummage through all that and find your own luggage and the larger point about what i want to bring out about this point about them not updating their system since the 1990s is that why do they do this? Why do they not update their system? Well, there's this thing called profit and they try to make as much profit as they possibly can. So they delay on improving things that should be improved in order for them to run more optimally. So instead of paying the money out to improve their systems, they don't. And then on top of that, their their system, because their system is not working the way it's supposed to, then their crews can't get to where they need to in an optimal manner. And so then they have to cancel flights. And it shows earlier in this article that a family, they tried to compensate them with $250 <laughs> for the cancel flight. And so my question to all of you is, how would Southwest operate? How would it work if Southwest was actually worker-owned? How would it operate? How would it work? Or let me ask you this. Amtrak is a publicly owned company. Would you be in favor of having an airline that is publicly owned like Amtrak? instead of having it privatized like this. My thing is, whether or not you have it publicly owned or it's worker owned, either or, the amount of efficiency would go up exponentially because who has to suffer when it comes to these flight cancellations and angry customers? It's the workers. They're the ones that have to suffer. And so, of course, the workers will want everything to work as optimally as possible. And also, let's talk to about a larger issue. Y'all know what I'm going to say. In fact, somebody in the comments already said it. Rick, beautiful. Still waiting on high-speed rail, more mass transportation, please. Yes. Yes. They constantly are downplaying high-speed rail. Oh, we'll give you electric cars. Or we'll just lower the price of fuel so that you guys can fly cheaper. And it's like, 
why not just give us electric high-speed rail so that we can just use that instead of flying during winter storms? Or have that at least be in addition to flying so that it, number one, alleviates the amount of congestion and flights and number two, we actually get to use more electric high-speed rail, which also curbs our carbon emissions. But we're not going to do that? Oh, no. Because remember what I said earlier, because Matt Stoller had to say, well, Joe Biden is the best president we've had so far. Joe Biden's one of the ones who is approving of oil permits, drilling permits, and fracking. Right. So if he were to go ahead and say, yeah, let's curb this by doing a mass high speed rail network throughout the United States. Well, guess what? The fossil fuel companies will be very angry with him and they wouldn't give him any more money. And so Joe Biden is like, you know what? That wouldn't be very. That wouldn't be very good of me. That wouldn't be very prudent of me. So guess what? I'm going to stick with the, the fossil fuel companies. So guess what? He stuck with the fossil fuel companies. We're continuing to damage our planet. And we're continuing to have all this congestion. And we don't have no high-speed rail. And so now... And then you have these corporations like Southwest that are continuously making billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. They're racking in the money and the public still gets shafted. People just want to visit their loved ones during the holidays. I get that. But after things like this, they don't Want to come up with a better alternative? Look. You see. What did it say earlier? It said American United Delta and JetBlue suffered cancellation rates between nine and two percent by Tuesday. What did they do differently? So this is the problem with corporations. This is the problem. This is why we need to have worker-owned, look, worker-owned airlines, at the very least worker-owned airlines. Worker-owned and operated. And then let's not, let's not start with how some of these passengers will treat flight attendants 
and other passengers on these flights. And the fact that they're not being compensated enough, in my humble opinion. They need a thriving wage. You're going to be in a pressurized tube 36,000 feet in the air. And some jerk is getting pissed off and mad and wanting to curse you guys out on the flight. Make that make sense. And the crazy part is Southwest is pretty much from what I regard is the airline that a lot of people who are middle class or lower middle class, that's the airline they, they typically use. It's like the more affordable airline to use. So why are we man we need a general strike up in this vlog i'm just telling you that's all i gotta say let me go to the chat The last floppy drive broke down and the tape backup was lost. <laughs> Colin says, I take Amtrak on the regular. It's shit, too. Yeah. About that. If we did what China did, then maybe, just maybe, we would actually have a much better system. But unfortunately, because they don't want to be like China because that's socialism, then guess what? Then we have a slow-ass train that takes you from here to New Jersey or here to New York in about 26 hours. When you have thousands and thousands of miles of of high-speed rail. And what is it, 36,000 miles of, of high-speed rail in China? China's landmass is very similar to that of the United States. Very similar in landmass. And if they can do it, we can't? But that means that it will ameliorate what we need as far as travel, the the airlines won't go for that. They'll lobby against it. Car companies would hate it. Hell, auto insurance companies would hate it. High-speed rail to get from one place to another even faster than having a car? No, 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 no. They can't have that because that's what? They're going to lose money. Tire companies would revolt. AutoZone and discount auto parts would revolt. 
Because if you don't have that many cars, then guess what? That's not many, that many cars to fix. Repair shops will get pissed off. Yeah. Good Cookie says, Japan has had high-speed rail since the late 2000s. Yeah. Cobra Commander, good to see a Cobra Commander, says, we have the power and knowledge to go back and look at at a say older hardware and rewrite chipsets, but it's not profitable. So just slap RAM on board. Yay, fake gigahertz power. JB, you know this. They're looking to privatize transportation. Case in point, bright line in your state. Yeah, it, this this actually kind of just pisses me off because they're trying to do what they call bright line. And they're trying to do it from Miami, I think it's Miami Dade, and trying to go up the, up the, up the eastern border, up the eastern coast of Florida, and as opposed to curve when it gets to Daytona, and then goes from Daytona to Orlando, and it goes from Orlando to Tampa. While I am game for that, number one, I want it to be high speed rail. Number two, I want it to be publicly owned. Don't give me that private BS. No, 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 no. The state, look, the state literally has a surplus. Florida has a surplus right now. We can, we can afford it. Especially if you combine it with federal dollars, federal dollars, and in that state, in some of that state surplus, boom, baby. Let's free up some of the congestion in I-95 and I-4. But no, they don't want to do that. No, 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 no. What would Ford, Toyota, GM, Nissan, what would they think? No, they can't have that. What would Middlesex, you know, the ones who build our, our who were helping build the SGLs, they were building our highways. They would get pissed off because it's like, wait. No, because that means that the roads aren't going to have as much wear and tear. We can't have that. What would Geico, the general, Allstate, Liberty, what about these insurance companies? People start giving up their cars and start leaving their car insurance? They can't do that. They do that, then guess what? We're going to go broke. No. What would the police say? No more people speeding down the road so that we can collect this money and tickets? We can't pull people over more to fill up our jails? What? What? Are you kidding me right now? What would Uber and Lyft say? <gasps> no! We thrive on actually shafting drivers from their money just so that they can give more money to us via gig economy. Yeah, they would hate all that. All of them would hate it. Mass public transit is a nightmare to them. All these different companies, they all would be affected. 
But at what cost? The cost of our planet. I think I think that's a, I think that's an even I think that's a good trade. And thanks for reminding me about that, Colin. Oh, by the way, tonight I'm going to be on Any News Network with Colin and Reef. So make sure to check that out. It's at eight. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, that's uh. I think we're recording tonight. I think it goes. I think it goes live tomorrow night. Colin will let me know. Give him the boo says also not many times a train disappears it's just like those crazy crash disappearance of flights in the last decade. Yeah. Cobra Commander says I got drunk. I got super drunk on the Southwest flight once. The flight attendant cut me off. Sir, you've had enough. Me. You don't like money? Take my money. Sir, have a seat right now. <laughs> or you give him hell. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Cacharel is in the chat saying, Europe or all continents ride the trains. Buy a slow ticket, book a trip now. Even if the train's a little bit slower, I mean, it's sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes we try to get to places too fast because we live in a society that wants and needs everything now, 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 now. And it's just like, I think we need to take more time as a society. Wait, Julius, <laughs> that's bad journalism to write none in 2%. I would have wrote zero to 2%. But, yeah, that's why I was like, what? Anyway, Bill Bradley says, we need more high-speed rails, but I'm not sure the solution seems to think. All the nations people are listing, they have significantly higher population density. Well, okay. Okay. Premiere tomorrow oh, at 9 p.m. Okay. So, yeah, I'll be on there and it'll premiere tomorrow night at 9 p.m. on any news network. So, be sure to watch that. Now, let me check Rockfin, the rock. All right. We are good. Okay. So, final story. This is going to be a little bit rough. So, I apologize in advance. But, immigration. That's been a hot button issue for quite some time. Hang on, let me see something. Hmm. 
yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna um I don't know if I'm gonna get demonetized for this. I might get demonetized for showing this. But yeah, I'm not gonna do that. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna link the video, but I'm not going to watch it on here because I'll get demonetized and yeah. I can't do that because it's under a network. But I'm going to show share a story. Oh boy. And people like Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis are just horrible people. I mean, you guys know this, but they really are just uh, demon spawn. So this is out of World Socialist website. It says migrants dumped in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's home in sub-freezing conditions. Gratuitous cruelty and political reaction. It says in an act of officially sanctioned barbarism, as many as 140 migrants were dropped off by buses in front of the official residence of Vice President Kamala Harris on the night of Christmas Eve, the coldest on record in the Washington, D.C. area. On the orders of Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, the refugees, mainly from Central and South America and the Caribbean, were loaded onto three buses and shipped like cattle from towns in Texas along the border with Mexico to U.S. capital, a grueling journey of 36 hours. They were rerouted from their original destination, New York City, due to poor road conditions resulting from the freezing temperatures. Children and babies were among the migrants, many of whom only had t-shirts, shorts, and a light blanket to protect against below freezing conditions, with temperatures dropping as low as 10 degrees Fahrenheit. A good number were shoeless. And here's a picture of migrants having to gather around a fire just to keep warm. Here in the United States, people. The migrants were dumped on the side of the road near the Naval Observatory without any provision having been made for food, shelter, or other basic necessities. They would have been at the mercy of the elements if not for the generosity of local residents and charities, which provided them with shelter, warm clothing, and food. says Abbott justified his actions with a cynical letter sent to President Biden on December 20th, which he demanded Biden to tighten border controls and crack down on migration. He feigned concern for the migrants, writing, with cold temperatures gripping Texas, your inaction to secure the southern border is putting the lives of migrants at risk, particularly in the El pa city of El Paso. Your policies will leave many people in the bitter, dangerous cold as a polar vortex moves to Texas. Here's the crazy part. I didn't see him doing anything like this against President Trump. And why do I say that? Because President Trump was his boy. But here's the crazy part. Joe Biden's actually deporting more people than President Trump did. And yet he's complaining about Biden not closing the border properly. Biden is still constructing the wall. 
This is how you know it's all partisan. And people are literally suffering because of the partisanship that is going on in this country. These migrants are coming from countries that have been ravaged because of US imperialism. And now they're coming here, which is basically chickens coming home to roost. And guess what? They're being treated like dirt because they dare try to seek asylum in this country. And now they're being passed off and put in even colder temperatures at the doorstep of the vice president who is no better, no better than them, no better than Greg Abbott or Ron DeSantis. And now you have people, men, women, children, babies, that are being dropped in 10 degree weather without warm clothes, without housing or food. And you, you can't tell me this is not the height, at least in, in this part of the millennium, of xenophobia and racism. And this is what our country does. Let's continue. His concern notwithstanding, he then proceeded to ship the migrants far to the north where even colder conditions prevailed. This despicable stunt in his latest and ongoing fascistic assault on migrants being carried out by Republican governors who have taken to trafficking refugees, fleeing poverty and violence, sending them to the Democratic Party-controlled states and cities. Some 15,000 migrants have been shipped out of Texas alone since last April. In September, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dispatched two plane loads carrying some 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. No provisions for food or shelter were made, and the migrants themselves had no idea where they were being taken. Again, were it not for the compassion of locals, these refugees would have been left to fend for themselves. The Republican governors demand that Biden keep in place Title 42, a measure put in place by the Trump administration, which utilized the C-19 pandemic to deny entry to most asylum, asylum seekers, while also providing a means for the rapid deportation of those caught crossing the border. Under this policy, some two and a half million asylum seekers have been denied entry since March of 2020. Many of the migrants now arriving come from Venezuela and Nicaragua, countries that have been devastated by brutal sanctions imposed by Washington, further immensurating their populations and prompting a wave of migration, while Washington cynically invokes concern for human rights in their denunciations of the Nicaraguan and Venezuelan governments, Venezuelans and Nicaraguans coming to the U.S. can expect the most brutal treatment. And this is being used as a deterrent, right, to make people think, well, if you guys come here, 
then this is what's going to happen to you. And the crazy part is, here's the crazy part. Those who are seeking asylum are saying, you know what? That's better than being where we're at. Why are they saying that it's better? Because it literally is. Because at least they're not being subject to gangs and trafficking and having a, a dilapidated government that has been ravaged by U.S. imperialism. Even still, they're willing to take that risk. By the way, this is still the same government and president that Matt Stoller says is the best that we have in our lifetime. So, looking at what's going on right now, we still have kids in cages at the border, by the way. Biden's still upholding Title 42, which was enacted by President Trump. And Biden is literally deporting more people than President Trump did. Biden is still also constructing the border wall. Then you have people like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, spawns of Satan, demon seeds, that are literally deporting, deporting people up north into colder temperatures and being subject to the elements. Let me, let's share it. Gonna be tough, but gotta share it. We have to, we have to solidify these images in our mind to see the suffering of people so that we're continuously outraged. We need to continue that outrage. This is not really gonna have any noise. Um, it's, it's gonna, well, it's not going to have any speaking, so it's no dialogue, so let's just go. Sound off. I want you guys to take a look at this. Look at this. They don't even have adequate winter clothes on. This is, yes, yeah, Stephen. Stephen, you're right. This is cruelty. This is cruel and unusual to take them from a warmer climate into a colder climate without even putting them in any type of shelter. These are asylum seekers. This, yes, Bill, this is US foreign policy. This is what it is. This is our immigration policy. Yes, Cobra. Thank you. Literally drove them by empty houses to do this kind of stunt. Yes. And you mean to tell me 
that this is the greatest country in the world when we treat asylum seekers like this? And people are going, oh, well, we need to control our border. And I'm just like, you know what? We wouldn't have to worry about people coming here to seek asylum if we didn't tear up their countries. If we didn't tear up their countries, we wouldn't have to worry about that. Newsflash, people don't leave countries that they actually have it good in. If you're thriving in your country, you're not going to leave. Why? Why would you leave a country that you're thriving? You're like, no, nah, I just want to change your pace. That's going to be minuscule. So guess what? Because of the foreign policy that this country enacts, because of the racist and perilous policies that they put forth, then guess what they do? Then we have people literally having to leave to come to this country because they think, oh, well, this is the safest bet. This is going to be the best bet for me and my family. There's another video. There's another one. And, th and this was even more heartbreaking. I hate to put it this way, but that's the way it is. And the crazy part is, like, y'all decided to ruin this country, ruin these countries, right? And then you get pissed off when this is the results of your actions. This is all on Christmas Eve, y'all. Children, look, little kids. With nothing but a hoodie on. And you mean to tell me that this is acceptable? And guess what? This isn't just the fault of the Republicans. This also falls on the Democrats, too. They're all together in this. You can't sit here and see, this is why we need to exit the Democratic Party. I'm saying it. Leave the party. There's no reforming them. They're fascistic elements. They're fascistic and proto-fascist elements. That's what they are. They're literally dehumanizing people. And I typically don't read the full articles when it comes to this, but this article was so good on World Socialist website that I got there's, there's another point that I want to make. And this is this this is asinine to me. This is crazy. How people can just look the other way to our to our our brothers, sisters, and siblings that are fleeing.
This I love this point. Says what demonstrate what this demonstrates is that while there might be tactical differences between the two capitalist parties and between state and federal authorities as to how to proceed, they all agree that the quote unquote border crisis must be resolved by closing the border and making the conditions of life for migrants so hellish that they serve as a deterrent to immigration. And this point, a warning must be made. A significant section of the U.S. ruling class is employing openly fascistic methods with gratuitous cruelty against an especially oppressed section of the working class. And they believe they can do so with impunity. And this is, the, this is also further warning. Today, they bust migrants across the country and dump them like trash on the streets. Tomorrow, they may well load them onto cattle cars and ship them to concentration camps. This must be stated clearly that these measures, while directed now against immigrants, will ultimately be employed against the entire working class. They're doing it to them. Guess what? They're gonna. They're willing to do it to you, baby. If they're willing to do it against them, they're going. They're willing to do it against you. I got you, good cookies. Christmas Eve, they did this. So much for peace and goodwill to all, right? So much for that. So this is the crazy part. You know, and, and one of the things I wanted to share, I'm not going to watch it on here because if I watch it here, I will get demonetized. But this is actually a really good video. This is from uh, Adam Ruins Everything. I don't know if you guys ever seen it, but Adam Conover, he has some good leftist takes. And he talks about, um, the video is called Adam Ruins Everything, Why, Wall Why a Wall Won't Stop Immigration. And one of the things that he actually brings out in that is that the wall can't stop immigration because, number one, you still have people flying over. And it is really, this is really for the migrants of a certain color. Because you still got people who fly over, who overstay their visas from European countries. And they're technically illegals, but they're not being targeted. Right. Also, on top of that, the history of migration was a lot of times the migrants would come from these countries south of our border. They would come work and then they would come go back to their country to live. So they would come for the certain seasons, 
work in, you know, the fruit and vegetable fields and, and orchards and all that. And then they would leave and then go back to their to their home. And they would continue this loop. But what's going on now is a lot of these people who are migrating here, they come in, but because we close our borders, they come in and they can't leave. Because if they know if they leave, they can't come back. So then a lot of them just go, well, I might as well just stay. And that's, so that's what they do. And so then the actual numbers of people that were immigrants were actually lower because they were able to move more freely. This is why I'm for freedom of movement. And so because of that, now that we locked them in, it's like they can come in, but they can't leave. It's like Hotel California up in here. Once you come in, you can't go. And so now they're stuck here. They can't move freely back and forth. And so guess what? Now you also have, because of our imperialism, because of our foreign policy, a lot of these countries, especially been perpetuated by the war on drugs, now they have to leave their countries because of the way, how badly their government is, how badly their country is because of the state that it's in, because of the United States foreign policy. And so now they're coming to our country seeking asylum because of the gangs, because of the, the horrible governing, because of the, the word I want to use, because of the destabilization. And so guess what? They're coming here because they're literally looking to survive. And then what does our government do? It adds salt to the wound. It says, no, you can't come in. Even though our government by its foreign policy was the reason why they end up having to leave their country in the first place. So you know whose fault it is that we have an immigration crisis? It's the United States' fault. It's the United States' fault as to why their country is not doing as well as it should. Don't believe me? Look at Chile. Look at Chile, what happened with the United Fruit Company when they got rid of Allende and put Pinochet in. Look at, look, look. You sit here and tell me, oh, well, they're stealing all our jobs. No, 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 no. They're not stealing all your jobs. Your corporations are actually taking your jobs and shipping them overseas for cheaper. That's exactly what's going on. If you're somebody that's all anti-immigration, let me tell you something. The immigrants are not your enemy. They never were your enemy. They're not the ones stealing your job. They're not the only ones taking your jobs. In fact, they're the ones who are actually working for cheap because they're being exploited. That's what's going on. You should be standing with them and going up against these oligarchs that are literally controlling our government. That's who you should be against. No, 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 no. We're not going to sit here and blame some other disenfranchised group just because you feel like, oh, just because some oligarch lied to your face. Y'all need to turn off the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the Fox News, the New York Times. Y'all need to turn all that off. Because guess what? They're the ones that are lying to you on behalf of the oligarchs. 
because they're running out the back door with all the money. Y'all need to start peeping the game, I'm telling you. Because the thing is that you, we need to have a working class coalition. This also includes people who are undocumented. Because, baby, they're the ones who are also suffering just like we are. And that's the one I buck to truth. And people who are talking about, oh, well, we, we, we need to get control of this border crisis. You know how we get in control of the border crisis? I can tell you exactly how. Number one, we close up these military bases. We get rid of the CIA. We stop this imperialism. That's part of it. We end this war on drugs. We can do like what China's doing. We can actually have our own Belt and Road Initiative and help build up the infrastructure of places like Nicaragua and Honduras. We can actually help build them up and improve their country. Because guess what? Contrary to popular opinion, the main source of crime is actually poverty. You don't think that's not happening in these countries? If you build up their infrastructure, and if you help them with that, guess what? They get to build themselves up. That means they lift themselves more further out of poverty, which means that the entire population of everybody goes up. And then we don't need to actually have a closed border anymore like that. We can have more freedom of movement. Because then, guess what? These people who are moving here, you don't think they don't miss their families? You don't think they don't want to go back? And guess what? If their home is popping, guess what? They're going to want to go back home. They're going to be like, oh, snap. And Nicaragua is popping. Let's go back. I get to be with my family again. I could just visit the United States, do come in on a work visa once in a while, and boom, that's it. Okay, cool. You don't think the, the, the crap that we're doing to places like Haiti, if we were actually to truly help build their infrastructure like China's doing to the African nations, you don't think that that wouldn't have a, a, a positive impact on our immigration? So that we wouldn't have as many people need, needing asylum. We have to get to the root cause of the problem. Why do they need asylum in the first place? Why? What policies did we enact in order from, to make them want to get, get asylum? Stop buying all these Kleenex to blow your nose when you know it's the virus that's literally damaging your system. Get the antivirus. Why are you treating the symptoms all the time? Yes, get something to treat the symptoms a little bit to ameliorate it, but get to the root of the problem to stop it. And that's the issue. They don't want to get to the root cause of the problem. Because the root cause of the problem is actually lucrative for them. 
That's what it is. It's a money game, baby. And Joe Biden's part of this. The most greatest president of our lifetime. Joe Biden contributed to this, Matt Stoller. There are still kids in the cages, Matt Stoller. The cages were built during the Obama administration, Matt Stoller. Who was his vice president? Joseph R. Biden. Matt, Matthew. You know what broke my heart a couple years back? And it made me cry. It, it literally, it legit made me cry. Everybody was up in arms about the whole border crisis, about the kids in cage, about people in cages, and against the Trump administration. And guess what? They showed video. And while it hurts my heart to see women and children in cages, you know what actually made tears come out of my eyes? There were a bunch of men behind plexiglass. And they were crying. They were bawling. Men, grown men, bawling, tears in their eyes. We haven't showered in 40 days. We want to know where our babies are, our kids. I came here with my daughter. I don't know where she's at. You have grown men bawling tears because they missed their babies. I cried seeing that. And you don't think this still happens under the Biden regime? Yes. It happened under the Trump regime. It happened under the Biden regime. It happened under the Obama regime. It happened under the Bush regime. It's still happening. And I say it once and I say it again. We would not have to have people seeking asylum if we got rid of the source of people needing to seek asylum, which is our foreign policy. I am sick and tired of people suffering. These are our brothers, sisters, cousins, aunties, uncles, people from siblings. Just because they come from another country doesn't mean that they're not part of you. The Democrats are complicit, just as guilty as the Republicans. And one more part. God, this article was good. Let me see. Remember when Vice President Kamala Harris said, do not come? 
Remember that? She told him, don't come. So much for that shiny city on the hill. Right? Let's take a look at this. Hold up. One more point. This is this last point here. I, I just, because people are like, well, the Democrats are better. No, 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 no. They're just as complicit. They're just as complicit. It says in reality, Democrats are not merely complicit. They are active participants in the assault on migrant workers. The day before the migrants arrived in Washington, D.C., dozens of migrants were dumped at bus stations in San Diego, California, by the Border Patrol, part of the Federal Department of Homeland Security, directed by Biden's appointee, Alejandro Mayorkas. They're doing the same things. So they're not any better. They're not better. So yeah, that's what's happening on our border. That's what happened on Christmas Eve in this country. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, people look and go, well, what the hell is, what are we supposed to do? I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm starting to sound like Rome. <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all better get yourselves together. And this entire stream was basically showing Matt Stoller, like, dude, what in the hell are you thinking, bro? Like, real talk. Like, why are you praising Biden for doing something that is inconscionable? All the things that he's done. All right, so let me go to the chat real quick. Oz. Hey, Oz. Oz says, Happy New Year, Jay. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Oz. Good to see you. Good to see ya. All right. Go to the chat. Yes. Where's the profit in that? And this is what the problem will be. We have a profit-centered economy. Catterell says, I live in Skylands. That fucking wall is ugly. It ruined the vastness of the, the, the vistas. It really did. We all know it. Uh, Ibrahim says not many Africans go to China to live there. Well, maybe more would if they could afford it. Not saying that Africa is a poor country. Africa is just merely an overly exploited country, but I think a lot of them would actually be able to go and visit if they could afford it. But 
they're being overly exploited over there because of, well, <laughs> Western countries. Creative Experiment says Obama and Haley locked up kids riding trains to USA. Sula Moon says death, misery, and destruction is extremely lucrative for the capitalist class. Absolutely. Wadi says Stoller is older, but definitely not wiser. <laughs> Oh, Wadi. <laughs> Reality Revolution says ruling class prefers illegal domestic workers. They do what they are told and keep their mouth shut about what they see or threaten with incarceration also makes them money. No money in deportation. Mm-mm-mm. Lee Lemon says dismantling the cocaine import agency. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Oh. <laughs> you won. You won. Dismantling the cocaine import agency will also be a good start, I think. I see you, Lee. I see you. <laughs> Bill Bradley in with the education says the U.S. sanctions Nicaragua. I'm sorry. Ugh. The U.S. sanctions Nicaragua and Cuba initiating a crisis and then uses the U.S. initiated crisis to say socialism doesn't work. This crisis helps them demonize socialism. Yes, absolutely. This is like this is like having a well-working automobile and then you put sugar or bleach in the gas tank and then once it starts to break down, you go, see, it doesn't work. But you're the one that put bleach in the gas tank, baby. You're the reason why it's not working. It's not because the car is bad. It's because you sabotaged it. Or at least tried to. You're the ones that loosened up the lug nuts. You're the one that put, uh, that jammed uh, a screwdriver into the starter. You're the one that put water in the oil. want to tell me oh it doesn't work absolutely right bill thank you thank you so much lee says don't come we're going to destroy your country but you need to stay there and suck it up John, bad John, bad, bad John. <laughs> John, I can't, I can't with you right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good cookie says, you have a, you have a picture of Rokana. It, never mind. Never mind. But that's establishment, though. The squad doesn't support that. They fight against that all the time. Applies clown makeup to sell. <laughs> mm. Mm. My gosh. So, yeah, that is the news was happening in the country. 
needless to say, this was just like it's just a couple of things could just be alleviated. Like the crisis that's going on with travel, we could do high-speed rail, so that can alleviate some, some pain. Also, while we're at it, while I'm talking about this, if we have more mass public transit, high-speed transit, number one, people can move out, people, people can spread out more because they, can, they won't have to stay within cities to be as congested. That's one thing. Another thing is, if we have more high-speed transit, then people wouldn't need cars as much, which means that you get to save your money on fuel. You wouldn't need as much fuel, number one. Number two, you wouldn't need to buy a car. You wouldn't have to have car payments. You wouldn't have to do maintenance on a car, which actually would alleviate some money. Then you wouldn't have car insurance, which means that you wouldn't have to have that. The risks to auto accident, the having auto accidents would drop precipitously. Yeah, yeah. That would be a huge boom economically to everybody if a lot more people actually started riding mass public transit. And then on top of that, if the mass public transit uses electricity, well, then that lowers the amount of fossil fuels that we need. Now, of course, you know, I do know that some power plants do use fossil fuels in order to generate their electricity, but in the grand scheme of things, it would actually be lesser of the need of fossil fuels than just using cars and things like that, of course. Um, yeah, I peeped the game of it already. But the thing is, why in the world Aren't we doing this? Well, because money and politics. You guys know that. Thing is, uh, and then on top of that, you know, the border crisis, the border crisis could be ameliorated if we just got rid of these horrible what's the word I'm looking for? Archaic policies, foreign policy, if he got rid of it. And then we actually started investing in other American countries. Then we actually could help build up and help people. And if we took these sanctions away and just let them thrive on their own. And if socialism is so bad, then why not just let it fall on its own? Why we got to put in sanctions to suppress it? <laughs> because they know it will work. That's why. They know it works. That's why. That's why they have to put sanctions on it. So, yeah. I think you can find Midhurst version of Crab Dance on YouTube. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
And I am still on because there is no RBN Live today. CJ is sick. Um, him and his family, they're, they're all under the weather. So um, if you guys can wish CJ, you know, get well soon because he's not feeling good right now. And uh, love to CJ and all of them. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Well, he, they're, he, they're dealing. But. You know, they're at home recovering, so. Good question, good cookies. Did you like the stream yet? Go ahead, do it. Press the thumb. Press it. Press the thumb. Smash it. Touch it, bring it back, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop omatic. Touch it, bring it back, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop omatic. Sorry. <laughs> that song got in my head. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I wanted to bring up as well is. I'll be doing another reading of Asada, her autobiography. And also, I'm on the, I think I'm on the last chapter of Dirty Truths. So we're getting into that. So that's going to be really interesting as well to get into. I can't wait. But yeah, so if you guys can get to watch that admirals everything uh video is a little over five and a half minutes it's not very long but it actually kind of debunks the whole immigration thing and i just it's 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 a dope video um and adam conover actually is uh he has some pretty good takes that i've seen so far i don't know all of his takes so i don't know but for the most part pretty good so Bill Bradley said, this channel is so suppressed. You should have more subs just from your channel popping up on people's feeds that already watch RBM, but I'm betting that isn't happening. Yeah, no, no, we're, we're heavily suppressed. Uh, Sabi covered this a couple nights ago that we are heavily suppressed. And actually, actually, it's interesting you say that, Bill, because I actually mentioned something on Twitter. Let me see. Oh, yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Let me see. Oh, okay. Boom. Let me share my screen really quick. Because I said this earlier. Because Elon decided to chime in on Glenn Greenwald. So, Glenn Greenwald, first off, says, for the crime of reporting that U.S. security state agencies are heavily involved in big tech censorship regime, and for confessing that he found this deeply disturbing, liberals have spent a full week saying that Matt Taibbi has mental health problems and needs therapy. 
Elon comes in and says, most people don't appreciate the significance of the point Matt was making. Every social media company is engaged in heavy censorship. I find this to be true. With significant involvement in, I'm sorry, with significant involvement of and at times explicit direction of the government. Google frequently makes links disappear, for example. And I said, while we're at it, can we discuss how Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, suppresses independent media on YouTube, especially leftist independent media? And so, yeah. A lot of people don't realize it, or if they do realize it, it's like, oh, that's just the algorithm, when really it's not just the algorithm. It's full suppression. So, yeah, so you're right. So, be sure to tune in. I'll be getting into the reading of these. Uh, this is actually going to be the last stream of the year. Crazy as it sounds. I can't believe next Sunday will be 2023. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And what do you guys, because, look, I ask this of my guests all the time. But if you're watching this on the rewatch, what do you what do you want to double down on for 2023? Like everybody wants to change certain things, but what is something that you do that you that is positive in your life that is helpful to you in your life that you're actually going to double down on? I want to know. Let let me know in the comments because the thing is that people people always talk about resolutions, but I want to know the opposite of a resolution. What's something you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. You know, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what turned you on. So I can be all that and more. Okay. Let's. Sorry, make y'all ears bleed. Now, thank you guys very much for tuning in. I have to head out. I'm hungry. Uh, by the way, thank you to everyone who's a patron on Patreon, as well as Coffee, all the members, all the Super Chats, all the people who send me mutual aid via various platforms. If you guys would like to, then those links are also in the description. Uh, thank you just for your moral support, your kind words that mean so much to me. Um, thank you guys for making this year a great year for me. I mean, I, I, I literally started this year at 500 subs and now I'm at 2260. Yeah, I'm at 2266 right now, which is pretty great. So I just want to thank you guys for sharing and helping grow this channel. Um, I'm hoping to be at 3,000 by May. Do you think I can make it to 3,000 by May? I wonder. I hope I can. I would like to make it to 3,000 by May. I would hope to be at 4,000 by this time next year. So we'll see. It's a task, but it's doable. So I just want to thank you guys for, you know, always supporting me and being 
the most brilliant audience and actually teaching me because one of the things that I wanted to do with this channel was I wanted you guys to watch me grow in real time as well. Watch me learn in real time as well. Some of you are already to the mountaintop, so to speak. And I'm just trying to get to you. Some of y'all are walking with me and learning and growing. And I'm constantly learning and growing. And I want this to be an example that you guys can do it and let's do it together. And so that's one of the reasons why I also wanted to do this channel. So I just want to thank you guys for being so compassionate and kind and gracious. Even if we may have some disagreements in certain areas, you show me the utmost respect. And I hope that you see that I try to do the same for you and that we realize each other's humanity. So, yeah. Water your plants, water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it. Smoke him if you got him. Drink him if you got him. Laugh if you can. Hug your loved ones. Hug them and let them know that you care and you love them. Leave the world better than you found it, like I always say. And... Forehead kisses. Happy New Year. We're gonna party like it's 1999. I forgot the words, but I don't even care. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun.